0: Section 36 of A Book of American Explorers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Duane DeSalvo. A Book of American Explorers by Thomas Wentworth Higginson. Book 7, Part 2, Alone in the New World. 2. Alone in the New World. The thirty Frenchmen left behind at Port Royal by Ribaut were probably the first Europeans who deliberately undertook to remain without ships upon the Atlantic shore of North America. Parkman says of them, Albert and his companions might watch the receding ships. They were alone in those fearful solitudes. From the North Pole to Mexico there was no Christian Denison but they. Pioneers of France, page 35 the following is from the narrative of their adventures written by Laudonniere, who afterwards came to search for them but did not arrive till they had gone our men after our departure never rested but night and day did fortify themselves being in good hope that after their fort was finished they would begin to discover farther up within the river it happened one day as certain of them were in cutting of roots in the grooves that they espied, on the sudden, an Indian that hunted the deer, which, finding himself so near upon them, was much dismayed. But our men began to draw near unto him, and to use him so courteously, that he became assured, and followed them to Charlesfort, where every man sought to do him pleasure. Captain Albert was very joyful of his coming, which, after he had given him a shirt and some other trifles, he asked him of his dwelling. The Indian answered him that it was farther up within the river, and that he was vassal of King Audusta. He also showed him with his hand the limits of his habitation. After much other talk, the Indian desired leave to depart, because it drew toward night, which Captain Albert granted him very willingly. They afterward went to a feast among these Indians. When the feast, therefore, was finished, our men returned unto Charlesfort, WHERE HAVING REMAINED BUT A WHILE, THEIR victuals BEGAN TO wax SHORT, WHICH FORCED THEM TO HAVE RECOURSE UNTO THEIR NEIGHBORS, AND TO PRAY THEM TO SUCCOR THEM IN THEIR NECESSITY, WHICH GAVE THEM PART OF ALL THE victuals WHICH THEY HAD, AND KEPT NO MORE UNTO THEMSELVES THAN WOULD SERVE TO SOW THEIR FIELDS. THEY TOLD THEM FURTHER THAT, FOR THIS CAUSE, IT WAS NEEDFUL FOR THEM TO RETIRE THEMSELVES INTO THE WOODS TO LIVE OF MAST AND ROOTS, until the time of harvest, being as sorry as might be that they were not able further to aid them. They gave them also counsel to go towards the country of King Coexus, a man of might and renown in this province, which maketh his abode toward the south, abounding at all seasons, and replenished with such quantity of mill, corn, and beans, that by his only succour they might be able to live a very long time." but before they should come into his territories they were able to repair unto a king called ued the brother of coexus which in mill beans and corn was no less wealthy and withal very liberal and would be very joyful if he might but once see them our men perceiving the good relation which the indians made them of those two kings resolved to go thither for they felt already the necessity which oppressed them Therefore they made request unto King Massot that it would please him to give them one of his subjects to guide them the right way thither, whereupon he condescended very willingly, knowing that, without his favour, they should have much ado to bring their enterprise to pass. Behold, therefore, how our men behaved themselves very well hitherto, although they had endured many great mishaps! But misfortune, or rather... THE JUST JUDGMENT OF GOD WOULD HAVE IT THAT THOSE WHICH COULD NOT BE OVERCOME BY FIRE NOR WATER SHOULD BE UNDONE BY THEIR OWN SELVES. THEY ENTERED, THEREFORE, INTO PARTIALITIES AND DISSENSIONS, WHICH BEGAN ABOUT A SOLDIER NAMED GUARNACHE, WHICH WAS A DRUMMER OF THE FRENCH BANDS, WHICH, AS IT WAS TOLD ME, WAS VERY cruelly HANGED BY HIS OWN CAPTAIN, AND FOR A SMALL FAULT which captain also using to threaten the rest of his soldiers, which stayed behind under his obedience, and peradventure, as it is so to be presumed, were not so obedient to him as they should have been, was the cause that they fell into a mutiny, because that many times he put his threatenings in execution, whereupon they so chased him, that at the last they put him to death. And the principal occasion that moved them thereunto was because he degraded another soldier named La Cher, which he had banished, and because he had not performed his promise, for he had promised to send him victuals from eight days to eight days, which thing he did not, but said on the contrary, that he would be glad to hear of his death. He said, moreover, that he would chastise others also, and used so evil-sounding speeches that honesty forbiddeth me to repeat them the soldiers seeing his madness to increase from day to day and fearing to fall into the dangers of the others resolved to kill him having executed their purpose they went to seek the soldier that was banished which was in a small island distant from charlesfort about three leagues where they found him almost half dead for hunger when they were come home again they assembled themselves together to choose one to be governor over them whose name was Nicholas Baret, a man worthy of commendation, and one which knew so well to quit himself of his charge, that all rancor and dissension ceased among them, and they lived peaceably one with another. During this time they began to build a small pinnace, with hope to return into France if no succor came unto them, as they expected from day to day and though there were no man among them that had any skill notwithstanding necessity which is the mistress of all sciences taught them the way to build it after that it was finished they thought of nothing else save how to furnish it with all things necessary to undertake the voyage but they wanted those things that of all other were most needful as cordage and sails without which the enterprise could not come to effect Having no means to recover these things, they were in worse case than at the first, and almost ready to fall into despair, but that good God, which never forsaketh the afflicted, did succor them in their necessity. As they were in these perplexities, King Audusta and Masso came to them, accompanied with two hundred Indians, at the least, whom our Frenchmen went forth to meet with all, and showed the king in what need of cordage they stood, who promised them to return within two days, and to bring so much as should suffice to furnish the pinnace with tackling. Our men, being pleased with these good news and promises, bestowed upon them certain cutting-hooks and shirts. After their departure, our men sought all means to recover resin in the woods, wherein they cut the pine-trees round about, out of which they drew sufficient reasonable quantity to bray the vessel also they gathered a kind of moss which groweth on the trees of this country to serve to caulk the same withal there now wanted nothing but sails which they had made of their own shirts and of their sheets within few days after the indian kings returned to charlesfort with so good store of cordage that there was found sufficient for tackling of the small pinnace our men as glad as might be used great liberality towards them and at their leaving of the country left them all the merchandise that remained leaving them thereby so fully satisfied that they departed from them with all the contentation of the world they went forward therefore to finish the brigantine and used so speedy diligence that within a short time afterward they made it ready furnished with all things In the mean season the wind came so fit for their purpose that it seemed to invite them to put to the sea, which they did without delay, after they had set all their things in order. But before they departed, they embarked their artillery, their forge, and other munitions of war which Captain Ribot had left them, and then as much mill as they could gather together— but being drunken with the too excessive joy which they had conceived for their returning into france or rather deprived of all foresight and consideration without regarding the inconstancy of the winds which change in a moment they put themselves to sea and with so slender victuals that the end of their enterprise became unlucky and unfortunate for after they had sailed the third part of their way they were surprised with calms which did so much hinder them that in three weeks they sailed not above five and twenty leagues. During this time their victuals consumed and became so short, that every man was constrained to eat not past twelve grains of mill by the day, which may be in value as much as twelve peas. Yea, and this felicity lasted not long, for their victuals failed them all together at once, and they had nothing for their more assured refuge, but their shoes and leather jerkins which they did eat. Beside this extreme famine, which did so grievously oppress them, they fell every minute of an hour out of all hope ever to see France again, insomuch that they were constrained to cast the water continually out, that on all sides entered into their bark. And every day they fared worse and worse, for after they had eaten up their shoes and leather jerkins, there arose so boisterous a wind, and so contrary to their course, that in the turning of a hand the waves filled their vessel half full of water, and bruised it upon the one side. Being now more out of hope than ever to escape out of this extreme peril, they cared not for casting out of the water, which now was almost ready to drown them. And as men resolved to die, every one fell down backward, and gave themselves over altogether unto the will of the waves, when as one of them— A little having taken heart unto him, declared unto them how little way they had to sail, assuring them that, if the wind held, they should see land within three days. This man did so encourage them that, after they had thrown the water out of the pinnace, they remained three days without eating or drinking, except it were of the sea-water. When the time of his promise had expired, they were more troubled than they were before, seeing that they could not descry any land after so long and tedious travels god of his goodness using his accustomed favour changed their sorrow into joy and showed unto them the sight of land whereof they were so exceeding glad that the pleasure caused them to remain a long time as men without sense whereby they let the pinnace float this and that way without holding any right way or course but a small english bark boarded the vessel in the which there was a frenchman which had been in the first voyage into florida who easily knew them and spake unto them and afterward gave them meat and drink incontinently they recovered their natural courages and declared unto him at large all their navigation the englishmen consulted a long time what were best to be done and in fine they resolved to put on land those that were most feeble and to carry the rest unto the queen of england which purposed at that time to send into Florida. They finally reached England, having doubtless made the first voyage across the Atlantic ever accomplished in an American-built vessel. End of section 36. Recording by Duane DeSalvo.